Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp. Some people say the host with the mostest. And with me in the hot seat today is Stephen Lentz. And here's a bit about Stephen. He grew up in an Air Force family, moving every two to four years across the U.S. He now lives in the Seattle area with his wife and two kids. He loves learning building businesses, and being with his family. Professionally, Stephen has been an owner and and started numerous businesses, as well as recently ending a 10-plus year career as a firefighter slash EMT. Stephen is a platinum-level business coach with LPW and has his own digital marketing agency. Stephen's coaching business... um, to stop completing on price, grow their profits, and scale their businesses. While his marketing helps business become omnipresent on the internet, Stephen also has a couple books. Wow. One of which you can get for free from his website, and all that information will be in the show notes. So today we're going to dive into life transitions, because I'm sure we have all been through some form or fashion of life transition, whether good or bad, whether you know, unwelcome or welcome, but we all can learn from various things that we go through. So without further ado, please welcome Stephen Lentz to GEMS Podcast. Thank you, Genesis. I appreciate that. My pleasure, Stephen. So you have, you know, some wild cards there. I had no idea (laughs) that you were an author plus, you know, your career as a firefighter for 10 plus years, and then, you know, your business coaching. So you have quite a few things that you do. So let's start with um, the beginning and work up to where we are now, because all of that has been transitionary. So what um, made you start off as a firefighter? Man, I mean, that's, we're taking a trip a long time back for that. So the <laughs> Right. I mean, I feel like when you're a little kid, you're like, I'm going to be an astronaut or I'll be this or that. And being a military family and moving around, like, I didn't have anything I was super excited about of all these different things. Like, I feel like a lot of kids have a direction like, this is where I'm going to grow up. I was like, I have no idea. But kind of the mindset I had was, and this is really strange to say, I was like, I'm going to do a lot of different things. And then after I do a lot of different things, I'm going to be a firefighter. Like, (laughs) it's a silly way to look at it, right? But I was just like, I'm going to do things and then I'll be a firefighter. And I ended up going to college, like, well, fast forward for childhood and stuff to college years. And I was about to be ending my high school career. And I was like, I'm not going to go to college. Like, there's nothing in college that excites me. I don't want to go. My parents were like, you're going to go to college because if you don't, you'll be a statistic. And I was like, that's a terrible reason to go to college. Like, <laughs> college is expensive. What are we doing here? I'm like, well, we're going to sign you up for UW Tacoma. And I was like, that's the armpit school of the Washington State. I don't want to go to UW Tacoma. <laughs> like, and so my buddy was like, hey, come with me to SPU. And I was like, well, anything's better. So I signed up for that. And it was stupid and expensive. And oh, for some reason, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, okay. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you were mouthing words and I was like, oh no, I lost her. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mute out just 
to keep the integrity of the show going. So you um, went to college with your buddy. Gotcha. Right. So I went to college because my parents were like, you'll be a statistic. And I was like, I don't want to go. But I mean, it's not like they let you major in lunch or recess, right? So <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like I didn't have, like, again, like I didn't have this burning desire of like, I'm going to be an accountant or this or that. And it's not like you get a degree in firefighting to be a firefighter. And again, my ideology was I'm going to do a bunch of different stuff and like try out life. And so, you know, I, I took stuff like fencing and other classes that I had to take and ended up, I wanted to study abroad and my parents were like, you can't study abroad. It's not safe. And I was like, well, then I'll pick a major where that's a requirement to graduate so <laughs> I ended up studying abroad which was awesome and gave me a lot of experiences which is what I was wanting right? where did like, you study so uh SPU their philosophy is that language doesn't exist in a vacuum so when you pick a language course it's actually titled after where you study so if you study French then it's gonna be European studies because you go to France for your study abroad so for myself I took Spanish and I went to Latin America. So it was 10 weeks in Costa Rica, two in Nicaragua, two in Panama, and two in Guatemala. And the whole time you're living with host families and traveling around. And it was awesome. It was super cool. So <laughs> I studied abroad. I got a bunch of like experiences of other people and other cultures. And like there's people who literally live in garbage heaps and like just super sobering facts. I've been like, hey, like in this area in Panama, like we bought do we swear on your podcast and I would like drop a swear word is that am I gonna offend you or other people that's, that's do I okay. censor it it's, it's I, I natural <laughs> like we bomb the shit out of these people over here like this is awful like well I'm not taught this in school like I had no idea and so like just actually learning from people and their cultures was just mind-blowing and just that reality of like this is life for other people and seeing like a seven-year-old walking through a, a dump being like this kid and all of a sudden you see this like withered looking 60 year old guy and, like that's going to be this kid in 60 years like this is all that kid's gonna know and so just like as a sheltered person privileged growing up in the u.s without having any exposure to that like that just rocked me right and so we, we go from like each place we went to so it was Costa Rica was our home base and you're there for two weeks and then you go out to Nicaragua for two weeks and you come back to Costa Rica. And so every time you're with the same host family in Costa Rica, but different places and different host families in these other uh, countries. And so just like, even within Latin America, the, the wealth and privilege and dichotomy of like your experiences and then you're putting that back to where you're coming from and just like emotionally earth shattering, right? And I know I'm like, I feel like I'm super way off topic, but we'll get back to like transition. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring it back to the topic. <laughs> but, but like, this is like formative of how, like where I came from. And then you fast forward to the end of Standard Abroad and I'm back in Miami eating like wings and being like, what is going on at South Beach? Like just ridiculous. And then, you know, you get to Christmas time, like I'm sitting here with a mountain of gifts and just like trying to reconcile the adject poverty that I just experienced and my privilege being like, this is crazy. Like I want to do something that helps people. And that gives right. And that, so that kind of ties back into what am I going to do that helps people? 
Absolutely. Wow. So I want to um, dive in there really quick, though, yeah. um, Stephen. Mm -hmm. So after your travel abroad experience and you going to college because you were forced to go to college um, based on what your parents said and they didn't want you to be a statistic, did you ever think about <laughs> <laughs> going to the military in lieu of college? Because some people who don't know what they want to do in college, they go to the military and they pick up a trade and they learn something. And then after the military, once they go back to being a civilian, then they may decide to go back to college. Was that not an option for you or did it not, um, did it not fancy you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So again, my dad was Air Force, right? He was going to be a fighter pilot. He's like 6'5", so he doesn't fit in the cockpits. Yeah, I'm 6'4", I'm like I wouldn't fit either. But like since he wasn't able to do that, he does like some contracting thing. I went to probably like five or six take your son to work days and still don't understand what he does, but <laughs> so contracts. But I didn't like, I like people and I want to help people. And I don't ever want to have to like necessarily shoot someone. So I don't want to necessarily be in a position like, yeah, I'll go into the military for like learning this job skill or life skill or whatever, but I don't have control over what I get to do or say. Right. So like, Hey, congratulations. You're going to Iraq next week. Like, cool. Not much I can do about that. Right. Like I have to go blow up some people now. So as far as like having control over my own self and how I want to make an impact, that wasn't an option for me. Okay. Like, even, even from growing up of having to move every two to four years, like that was my life. Like I, I don't have a concept of like childhood friends. Like it doesn't exist for me. Um, and not to say that's good or bad, but that's my experience. Like even, even now in my professional career of like joining a networking group, I just joined a BNI group and I went and visited a couple and I'm like, Hey, like you should join us. We really like you. And I'm like, that's really cool. But actually there's one that's brand new and starting and I'm tired of being the new guy. I like, I'm going to get in this one that has ground level relationships where I can actually not be the new guy for once. Right. So just like that kind of thing of having control is it's a great question. And I appreciate it. And I think there's a lot of value in people that like need the structure or don't have any ideas or whatever the stability that requires. But for me, like I wanted more control over what I'm able to do or say. And, and so that makes sense. Um, that makes sense because it definitely gives you some experience to transition to the path that you want to take versus somebody paving the pathway for you. So we know that you moved every two to four years because you grew up in a military family. So your dad was in the Air Force. We also know that college wasn't your first choice, but it was more so forced upon you just to make sure that you were complying with your parents. And then you wanted to study abroad because you wanted to open and broaden your horizon by connecting with people who are from different places and cultures. And then now, fast forwarding, when at what point did you decide from after college that you were going to go into either being a business coach or the firefighter? Which one of those came first? Yeah, so firefighting came first. And so I ended my studying abroad and still had like a year left, I think, of school. So I finished that out and ended up living in Seattle with my buddies after that. And I worked at some summer camps because I, again, like I like people and I like kids and I like doing stuff. Right? I skipped my own graduation to go to summer camp. So <laughs> no diploma, didn't walk. Like I graduated, but I, you know, I was like, bah, who needs a ceremony, right? Like, I don't care. Like it's, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was my second year going back. And I, I, I mean, I love the place. And it's like, I'm going back. Like, I don't, I don't need to 
dress up in a gown and sit in a chair for three hours and listen to someone say, you can do it. Like, I know I can do it. Like, well, <laughs> what are we, what are we doing here? Right. So. Oh, wait, before you go, sorry, before you go yeah. further. So what did you end up getting your degree in? It was, it was Latin American studies. Okay, studied, cool. Cause it was Spanish, right? Cause that's where I, I had to graduate. So. <laughs> and so I went to summer camp and then after that, I was like, Oh no. Like <laughs> then living at school and like in the summers living at summer camp and going back to school kind of like harry potter's right but harry potter like i'm not going back and living with the dursleys anymore <laughs> so, so i was like what i don't want to go back home like <laughs> what am i going to do here and so <laughs> i called my family the dursley that's hilarious and <laughs> and i uh so i talked to the camp directors it's like hey like i don't want to go back home uh, do you know anyone who's hiring? And they're like, well, actually, the uh, associate youth pastor at Mercer Line Presbyterian, uh, they, they're looking for interns. And it's like, well, what does that mean? They're like, well, like you work at the church as part of your youth group leadership and you stay with the host family in the island. It's like, I've been doing that last year. Like, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> so I went from college to being an like, intern youth pastor leadership person at a church working with the kids. And I know, like, I'm 35 right now, but I know I look like I'm 12, right? I'm actually in the high school yearbook because we go over Friday and it gets someone to be like, hey, are you a junior or a senior? I'm like, I have college debt. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I was working with the kids. like, hey, I like working with people. And that's where I met a firefighter from Kirkland. He was like, hey, have you ever thought about being a firefighter? And it's like, funny you should ask. Like, I always figured I'd try a bunch of things and then, you know, I'd be a firefighter. He's like, yeah, that's great, but don't ever leave with that in an interview. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And so he goes, hey, you should, you know, start testing now. Like being a firefighter takes a lot of time. It's not something you just like sign up for. And so I was like, really? Because I mean, I had no idea, right? Like it's not like I did a bunch of research on how to be a firefighter. And I was like, oh yeah, like you need to like start working at it. So I looked into it and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy. Like, like seriously, like up here at least, probably about 1% of the people who try to be firefighters actually become a firefighter. Like the competition is intense and um like there's a whole testing process and i mean I'm, I'm pretty salty about the whole testing process there's a couple big companies up here and everything funnels through them and they're set up to pretty much just milk every bit of money out of the applicants as they can just the way that's set up and it's, it's absolutely frustrating all that aside though i was like hey like this is what i have to do and so i started testing and looking at it and it's like oh man and different departments have different requirements right so for seattle they say hey you have to be 18 and breathing and if you apply to, say, Tacoma, or not Tacoma's big two, they the same requirements. But if you go to, like, uh, like Renton, they'll be like, hey, you have to be, you know, 18, you have to have your fire one, and you have to be an EMT, right? And so different, you can apply for different places based on what you have. And so it's like, this is wild. I need to, like, start taking some action here and improve my odds. Because I know, like, I, I finally found direction. Right? Like I was, I was done trying stuff. It's like, if this is what I'm going to do, like I need to, I need to get on it because this is not a fast process. So I'm going to Home Depot and be like, Hey, here's my application. Like, let's, you know, let's start. And so, <laughs> um, and so I, I went and I got my EMT. Right? So I paid for that class by myself and like put myself through that and got my EMT. And then when you're an EMT, you have to get like continue your certification through someone. And there's a bunch of private ambulance companies up here. And that's a hell of its own. Right? Private ambulance companies know that you're a commodity and they treat you like that. Like living wage is non-existent and 
it's just a, it's a shit job. But I did it because I need to keep my EMT current. And it's kind of like the falling ground of people who are trying to be firefighter applicants is that people that do the same thing I do and increase in their odds, like you need to have somewhere that continuously licenses your EMT license. And so I signed on with one of those companies. I was like, I hate my life. Like this was just awful. <laughs> I was like, I, again, like I need to do everything I can to increase my odds of getting this job that I want. And so I looked at volunteer departments or departments that had a mix where they would hire from within. So there was one probably like an hour and a half north of where I live. And then there was another one that was about 40 minutes south of where I was living. And so I applied to them and one of them got back to me or they both got back to me. And I went to the one up north and they're like, hey, you know, we like these type, like we like our own people better than outsiders. And, you know, we want this and this. And it's just like, ah, like this is awful, but like I'll do it because like I'm going to make it happen. Um, but then they're like, you know, we're going to start in July and this is November. I'm like we're going to start in July or something like that. And I was like, ah, that's a long time to wait, which I mean, it's silly because I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee at all. Every now and then I'll listen to some of his segments. I love Gary Vee. And I think his messaging of being like, you're young AF is so true. Like as a 20, you know, 20, 21, 22 year old, like you feel like you have no time. You feel overwhelmed and you feel like you have to make things happen now because every minute that you wait, you're falling behind all of your peers and all of your competition and everything's going to be gone from you. And there's this weird feeling I guess like I'm trying to think of a better word for that but it's, it's just... like a holding a holding pattern because it's like you're at a standstill and everything around you is moving fast yeah but it feels oppressive like a thick fog almost that you just can't get out of right like that feeling of being behind or losing time and when you're young that is it's just overwhelming and so being like hey like I'm, I'm young like I have I have years to, sorry, my phone is ringing and I might've accepted on my computer. I hope not, but like you're trying to make things happen and you just can't get past it. And so being like, Hey, it starts in six months for me, was just overwhelming, which as a young guy, like I have my whole life. I can live all of my experiences four more times before I die. Like I have plenty of time. Right. But so while you're waiting for the six months, did you end up going with the other company that called you back just so you could float some time there? Yeah. So, so I went to the other department because they were having an interview like a, a week later or something like that. And I went and interviewed with them. They're like, hey, we're starting immediately. And I was like, sign me up, like whatever. And they're like, hey, you know, part of our requirements is that you live in district and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, look, looks, looks like I'm looking for an apartment now. <laughs> so, and that's what I did, right? So I, I moved just so I could volunteer. I like nice. taking taking massive action to make my reality come true. I like because for the first twenty years now of my life, like I was just kind of doing whatever was fun or easy or you know exciting to me at the time. But now is like doing every single thing that I could to increase my chances of making this reality. I like put myself through that school. And I've got a crap job. I'm now moving somewhere to volunteer to make this so everything I'm doing like I'm just taking all this massive action and then I volunteered like I finished my training with them and that took about uh like another six months and I was on with them and I was about a year and then they had a round of hiring and they hired six of us 
and I beat out the other like 30 people because it was only internal that they were doing the hiring from. It was only from their volunteer pool. I, I beat out the other 30 people that didn't make it. And I got hired on as a full-time firefighter. And that was awesome. I was on cloud nine. I was just recently married as well. And like, things are going great. Like, this is awesome. And then like two, three years into that, I got laid off because we didn't have money. And so me and another guy got laid off. I was like, no, <laughs> like everything that I'd worked so hard for, like really worked hard for. And like, there's a lot of times like, hey, I worked hard for this. I'm like, yeah, like we put in a lot of effort, but like literally everything I was doing in my life up to that point for those, you know, three-ish, three to five years, I think is how long it took me from starting that process of like doing everything I could to actually getting that job. Like, I slept on a, I slept on the sidewalk to pick up an application for a department that I didn't get hired on. Like, wow, that's literally dead. doing everything I could. Yeah, they they hand they hand out like two hundred applications. This is another department, and they're like, hey, we're gonna hand out two applications at eight a.m. on Friday morning. You know, so she all didn't get there. And I was driving home from work the night before. I decided to just drive past the station to see if there were people out there. And there's like eighty people out there already. I was like holy F, like I need to make this happen. So I pulled over and I slept on, like I, I jumped out, got in line, called my parents, like, hey, um, I'm going to sleep on the sidewalk out here tonight. Do you mind bringing me a sleeping bag and maybe some food? You know, like, <laughs> like everything I could do, I was doing it, I was doing it. And so I finally get this and then uh, I got laid off. And I was like, this is wild. Like never would I have imagined that this pseudo government job that you know you have a pension and you think is just secure like I was planning this is going to be my life for the next 35 ish years right like and all of a sudden I'm out and I have a wife and like I'm an adult I have I have to pay all my bills and I have you know where I'm living and so that started me down the entrepreneurial path a little bit there because that just rocked all of my preconceived notions of security at that point Perfect. Um, because it's like, it's not perfect whenever you go through a layoff, but, um, me having gone through a layoff recently, it definitely opens your eyes and it helps you become more transitional whenever it comes to what are some of the gifts and talents that I have within me and how can I accentuate that to make, uh, make a living for myself and really, provide for my family without having those glass ceilings or without having those limitations or barriers that would be set on me as if I were working for an employer. So is that when your business coaching jump started or what part of the entrepreneurship journey began for you? Yeah. Well, I definitely wasn't ready for that, right? Like there was no anticipating that I was going to be laid off. It's like, Hey, you know, we're going to like go out for this uh, initiative. We'll get some more money in the department. And it didn't happen. And we were just, sh- we were just floored. I like had great reputation in the community. Like we were, we do good work. You know, like I, I love what we do and we help people and people are happy to see us. And so just being like, Oh, uh, congratulations. Like community doesn't think that this is valuable anymore. And so it's just like, Oh my gosh. And so I wasn't ready. And I actually uh, went and worked for another fire department for a little while. And then my other department that I got laid off on finally had money and they're like, Hey, you can come back. And so I came back. But again, I was not ready for that entrepreneurial journey. And in that time frame of uh, no work, like I was doing everything I could. Like I, sh- I sold uh, health insurance over the phone. I tried door-to-door vacuum sales. 
like you think of in the 50s, right? Like literally I was like, I need to provide for my family. I need to do something. And I was like, these jobs suck ass. Like <laughs> this is awful. And uh, that's when I started doing, like looking into the entrepreneurial side after like all these other jobs. It's like, this is just awful work. Like I am, I'm smart. I'm educated. I am physically able. Like I'm not, I'm not lazy. Like I can, like, I'm a good person. I'm a good employee, but why are all these things just so awful? I just want to work for someone who cares about me, right? Like, and I feel like that is hard to find. Like, I didn't like working at Starbucks. And I worked at Starbucks for about a year and a half. And I, when I got hired on, like, I was in this, again, in the point of being like, hey, this is uh, college time. But I was like, hey, I told the manager who was interviewing me, I was like, I'm, I'm here for a year and I'm out. Like, I don't like coffee. I don't like how coffee smells. I don't, like, I'm doing this because I need, I need money. But I freaking loved my manager because I knew that she cared for me and like she put our needs above every like everything and was great at communication and I stayed there about a year and a half and it was about eight months longer than I was initially planning to just because I had other stuff that I was able to do but I was like I love who I'm working for like my manager and supervisors are awesome and the one thing that I want to say too is whenever you go through these different transitions in life and it teaches you really to humble yourself um, because even though you may be doing something that you definitely don't like, you're learning a new skill, but it, you're also building character as well. And the character that you're building is going to be beneficial whenever you really step into something of your own such as entrepreneurship because all those different roles and responsibilities that you had whenever you were trying different things you now know like what some of those experiences are what the expertise are and whenever you transition into something of your own and you start to begin to work with clients and etc you can then help those individuals whether it's coaching or whether it's um fitness or whatever entrepreneurship um, endeavors you're on, those experiences that you acquired over time just don't go away. Absolutely. And yeah, and so it was in that like in-between period of going back between the departments that I started the entrepreneurial stuff. And so I went into like fortune builders and clever investor for the fix and flip real estate. And I had, I, I did, I think two different houses and was like, this is awful too. Like, I don't like the whole the whole lead gen part and the the, the whole project aspect and the, the way that you have to deal with people like, it's like I just it's not not jiving for me and so I've, I've done all sorts of different stuff like email marketing things and affiliate marketing and like I've taken tons of different courses and classes and I was like I need I need something for me right and at this time I'm back in with my department and the original one and it's like year seven now or something like that and I was like I love what we do, right? I like what we're about. You know, we go, we help people, we come back. Like, this is, this is great. Like, I like this, but now I've got two kids. And I was like, you know, firefighters don't live very long past retirement. Like, we just don't. Like, our cancer rates are ridiculous. Like, I don't want to be 50 with five types of cancer. Like, I want to have grandkids and great-grandkids and enjoy my family and, like, be healthy. And it's like, I need to, like... My, my concept of security has already been shattered, right? And now I'm looking at it as through the lens of longevity. And I was like, one, I want to provide for myself. 
and two, I want to like have legacy and be around. You know, like what does that look like for me? And so I started uh, trying to work into transitioning myself away from firefighting. And so that's and that's where I came into more of the like uh, email marketing and social media marketing and like all these different types of avenues and stuff. And started like following some business coaches and other people. And I was like, this is. I could get behind this. Like, this is something that interests me. Like I still get to help someone, right? Like because business coaching doesn't just affect the business, right? Like it affects people's lives. Like the majority of divorces, like one of the big factors is money, right? Like you're not just saving a business, like you're saving marriages and kids' futures. And you have all this other impact and people like other people's wages and you're creating an, like stimulus in the economy. And, and so it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to switch the method that I'm doing, I'm no longer, you know, like doing CPR and like picking diabetics up off the floor and helping them, you know, like not die right there, but like, this is other life saving stuff that I can do. And so I started getting that and trained up and I was like, I, I like this. Like, I like being able to see what people are doing in their business. And I've got now a lot of experience of doing my own stuff, but also all my additional training now and being like, Hey, like, I see what you're doing and I understand that this is not effective and this is why. And then so question really quick there. Mm-hmm. So as you started to look outwards and, you know, connect with business coaches and et cetera, did you hire a coach of your own to help you navigate um, and kind of find your footing? Yeah. So I've, I've had a couple different coaches and it, having a good coach makes all the difference. Like you don't know what you don't know and you do the best that you can. You're like, Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. But like, I can't grow or I, you know, I can't get past this hurdle and you try to think about it yourself. But when you don't know what you don't know, like there's a reason Michael Phelps has a coach, right? Obviously the coach can't swim as good as Michael Phelps at what he does, but there's a reason he has a coach and same with like Michael Jordan, like any, any athlete, Olympian, even the successful business owners, like they all have coaches and mentors who point things out and be like, Hey, like you need accountability here and you need these steps here. Like let's revisit these fundamentals because as a business owner, it's really easy to think you're doing okay or to be like really proud of what you've done and think that, you know, you don't need outside help, but it's not about needing help. It's about just getting to the next level and pushing past those blockades. Like to continue to grow, you always need someone. Like I like to think that I did what I did. Like I worked really hard for what I accomplished, but I couldn't have accomplished it without the circumstances and help that I had received that put me in that position to be able to achieve it. And a good coach does the same thing of giving, sometimes you just need that little bit of boost of being like, hey, like you don't have a market dominating position. Like the reason that your website looks like every other accountant's website is because it is like, there's nothing that separates you, right? Like cut, I'm going to drop a nugget here for business owners, but customers shop value, not price. But when all, when you look the same, the only thing they have to compare you on is price. And that becomes a value proposition. Like you need help with your wording and your marketing, what sets you apart. Like if you're a real estate agent and you go, Hey, I sell houses. Cool. So does Tom, Dick, Jane, and you know, everyone else. But when you say, Hey, I can sell your house in 90 days or you don't pay my commission fee. Oh, I'm paying attention now. You still sell houses. You're still a realtor, but now you have some sort of market dominating position to help yourself. And so it's just those types of things. Like most doesn't like, business owners are in business by default and not design like you're a really good plumber you're like hey i can fix the sink and i can do the toilet stuff 
So I'm going to start my business and you do all right. And you get some clients and you start going word of mouth and you have a couple neighborhoods that you work in. And then you stop growing because you don't know how to get to the next stage. And it's not that you're a bad business owner. It's that you're a plumber. And there's nothing bad about that. Like suck up your pride, get some help. The person say, Hey, like, these are the five ways that we're going to grow your business exponentially. And these are the steps that we're going to take. And this is how you do it. Like that's how growth comes. So. Absolutely. I definitely believe you definitely have to be learning and growing. You have to be able to build partnerships to create those synergies um, by creating collaborations with other people who have been where you are, but they have superseded that whether it's a coach or another um pay professional that could help, you know, mentor you, help be a sponsor or an advocate and guide you along the pathway that you're trying to navigate down. And as we begin to wind down, Stephen, I want you to leave the listeners as well as the viewers with two gems to help them, you know, jumpstart their journey, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's authorship or any other thing that we covered in this segment, because transitions are very important in life and they're always going to come. Yeah. Two gems, huh? Well, you, when I was doing all these different things, like I saw people who I knew were not as smart or educated or hardworking or all these different traits that I had in myself that were still being, having more success. And I realized that it was just like how I got my firefighter job is that you have to take action. I like learning is great, but learning doesn't do anything unless you apply it. And there's a lot of fear that goes into trying something, right? There's the fear of failure. There's even like the fear of success. Like you worry about like, oh, I got my, I'm getting my first client. Oh, F, now what? Right? Like there, there's multiple different levels of that. And so, and some of us hide behind perfection, right? Like, oh, it's not, it's not quite right. Or you know, I, I need to make sure that I get this, this part dialed in just, just right. And then I'll, I'll be there. And if, you know, if you wanted like a one-liner nugget, it'd be perfection is fancy procrastination. Beautiful. And then, so progression, procrastination is perfection. No, (laughs) (laughs) perfection is fancy procrastination. Perfection is fancy procrastination. That's beautiful because I think someone could hold on to that. And whenever they think about perfection, then it will kind of help them be like, oh yeah, he said that's fancy procrastination because nothing is ever going to be perfect, you know? And then what would be your call to action? Because you talked about your firefighting journey. You talked about, you know, having to make sacrifices as well as, you know, trying new things and working, you know, what some people may call dead-end jobs just to make a make some provision for you and your wife yeah absolutely there's I like mindset I think it's it's a very fun topic and I like I like helping people um I could I could talk like this all day I could talk I mean this is this is fun if I think for people who are looking for something more and the you know, my story is resonating with them or whatever. Like I'm looking actually to build out a coaching network under me. So if you want to be a business coach, like reach out to me. Um, I think Genesis will have my in, uh, email info, but it's info at ocelotmarketingacademy.com. Right? You can email me like, hey, like I'm interested in becoming a business coach. I'd be happy to help you get that training and do that. And 
yeah, I think that would be a big one. Or if you're a business owner, you're like, hey, I want some help. Same thing. E email me at info at onslaughtmarketingacademy.com and be happy to schedule time and chat and you know, see if I can help you. And I have retrainings that I held every few weeks and happy to have you sit on on those as well. And do you have a website? And then I want you to plug where you hang out most on social media. And all of this information will definitely be in the show notes. Yeah. So my website is stephenlentzcoaching.com. So I think you have my, my name up here on, on the screen. It's Stephen with a V and Lentz, L-E-N-T-Z. And as in Nancy, T as in Tom, Z as in Zebra. Uh, and then ocelotmarketingacademy.com. And you can get my free book. Uh, I think I have a free book, maybe on both of them. I know stevenlenscoaching.com has a free book that you can download as well as a like 73 minute video on why everything you know about marketing is wrong. So it's a little long, but it's, it's, it's mind blowing. You'll be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So. <laughs> and for those who are on social media and they just want to connect with you, where, um, where do you predominantly hang out social media wise? Yeah. Um, right now I'm generally on Alignable. It's kind of like a. The referral base. Yeah, alignable. It's more of like a neighborhood-based LinkedIn type of thing. I, I am on Facebook, but I don't really spend much time on there. Generally, it's, it's, it's to pop into groups that I'm part of to like see what people are talking about or reach certain people that I'm trying to get a hold of or have products that I've purchased in the past that I'm keeping up with the, the groups that I'm in. But uh, I'd say alignable is mostly where I'm at right now. Beautiful. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems Podcast. Today, you heard the pleasure of hearing Stephen Lentz, where we talked about all things transitionary when it comes to life. So definitely connect with him on Alignable, follow him on his website. And then he has two freebies, which are the books that he's offering to the listeners of this segment. All of his information will be in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It can be found on 40 plus platforms as well as follow us on YouTube for all video content at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kent. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Remember you are an asset, not a liability. Transitions are going to come just like ups and downs, but how you choose to deal with those transitions and react to certain situations is what's going to set you up for success. And if you never fail, you're never going to reach your level of success. See failure as a sign of learning new things and allowing yourself to grow personally as well as professionally. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.